These are the Rural Generalist Supervisors of the Loddon Mallee region, training tomorrow's medical workforce across the northwest of Victoria. These supervisors take the specialist skills they've honed over an entire career and mentor, train and guide rural generalists towards a dynamic and fulfilling career in medicine. When it comes to mental health, GPs are often the first point of contact when patients need help. And this aspect of general practice has never been more important as more people seek assistance with mental health issues. Dr. Nalumi Ziffa is a consultant psychiatrist and the coordinator of psychiatry training at Bendigo Health, which has extensive psychiatric facilities thanks to a hospital rebuild just a few years ago. These facilities and the specialists working there enable them to offer a fantastic breadth of training. We often have a rural generalist rotating through the department um, for a year at a time. Uh, so we have had for the last couple of years consistently had a, a, someone who's doing the GP advanced skills training. What's the importance of, of developing skills within mental health for rural generalists? Obviously, I have a slightly biased view about the importance of uh, mental health being a psychiatrist, but I certainly think this is um, an incredibly important part of general practice. I don't think you, any GP would um, deny the prevalence of mental health presentations that are walking through their door. You know, ideally, we'd love everyone to want to specialise in psychiatry. That would be great. But um, for those who want to practise in medicine but not specialise in psychiatry, I think mental health is something that is very, very prevalent in our community and it's going to be a comorbid diagnosis of a huge percentage of the patients that, that you see. So I think upskilling in that area is incredibly valuable. From your perspective, working within a health service that has fairly comprehensive mental health services, how do GPs delivering mental health services fit into the healthcare landscape in the surrounding area in Bendigo, as well as the broader Loddon Mallee region? Well, I think GPs, again, um, play a very, very important role here because there's quite a gap in what public mental health services deliver and and what the public actually needs. I think we do well in public mental health services with those who are very acutely unwell and needing that very urgent psychiatric care. But there's a lot of people out there with the more high prevalence mental illnesses, anxiety and depression that just don't get in our doors because of the level of demand that we experience. So I think this is where GPs, especially if they you know, have some experience and are quite well versed in how to deal with those more common mental health problems, they're very, very important in looking after the general population. In terms of the interaction with us, you know, we receive referrals from GPs all the time to our triage service for patients that they're concerned about. And that's probably the easy part when someone becomes very unwell to refer them on to public mental health services, but it's those people who have the less acute but still very significant uh, mental health issues that the GPs are a huge part of the landscape in, in looking after them. Well, what's it like supervising the trainees that come through Bendigo Health? Well, it's certainly supervising is a very enjoyable experience. It's something that I really value for a number of reasons. It's very nice to work alongside people who are sort of the next generation of, of medical practitioners. And I really enjoy their perspectives on how things are changing within medicine as well as, you know, in terms of the culture of medicine as well as sort of the new knowledge that they often bring along. I think it also really keeps us, you know, consultants on our toes because I think we um, have to remain more up to date and be able to answer some of the questions that might come our way. I particularly really enjoy supervising uh, GP trainees because 
it's nice to see some people upskilling in an area where they're then they're going to go and work quite independently without sort of the buffer and scaffolding of the, of the mental health services around them. So I think training them in sort of interview techniques and mental state examinations that they're then going to use in their GP practice down the track, I find that very rewarding. Did you specifically seek out training people as a aspect of your job? I think in some ways it kind of came to me because I finished my training here at Bendigo Health, actually, and that was not so very long ago. And as a result, I had a reasonably good established relationship with the registrars who were here at that time. And when this uh, role came up as a coordinator of training, it was something that was really very um, attracted to because of those existing relationships and my interest in supervising junior medical staff. So rather than having foreseen it as part of my career many years ago, it was something that kind of came up in the moment and that I was drawn to at that time. Do you keep in touch with previous trainees? Yes, we do. I mean, in, with psychiatry trainees, it's a little bit easier because we tend to move in a fairly small circle where, um, you know, professionally we tend to run into each other down the track. With uh, GP trainees, unfortunately, I don't get to keep as much in touch with them as I would like to. But one of my favourite things is when I get phone calls often from other supervisors down the track or potential employers when they're calling to ask for a referral and, you know, uh, someone's put me down as a referee. And we get to have a little bit of a chat then about how, how they're going. So often I'll find that people will contact a year or two down the track, you know, uh, wanting some references or wanting some other things that progress their career and it's a nice opportunity to catch up with people. What, what role did the training that you received in Bendigo play in your overall training to become a, a specialist? Yes. Yeah, so I guess speaking broadly about training and, and supervisors, I have been reflecting a bit about the role of supervisors during my own training and the many ways that supervisors could be helpful and the fact that not just in imparting their clinical knowledge, but also that sort of mentorship role that they have and in displaying the way that life can look once you get past your training years, because those are tough years for, for doctors. You know, there's, there's a lot of very demanding requirements during your training years. And sometimes it can feel like medicine is going to be your whole life and there's not going to be anything else. But you do come out the other end of that and make time for other things in your life that you enjoy. And I think some of my most influential supervisors who were really able to demonstrate to me what a well-rounded life can be like within, within medicine. And that's something that now in my role as a supervisor, I also do try to demonstrate to my junior staff is that it is possible to strike a healthy work-life balance, even with, with a demanding career like medicine can be. How does supervision fit into your overall sort of workload? The way that supervision works with us is that we work pretty closely alongside the trainee that we're supervising. So um, when I'm at my place of work, I'm always working with the trainee one-on-one pretty much, and we see all our clients together. So there's a lot of supervision that really happens through the clinical work and sort of sits alongside that. And I always make time to discuss the cases that we see um, with, with the trainee and to get their opinion on what they think is going on. I think the beauty of psychiatry is that there is some room for opinion and room for, for reflection. So there's always a lot of chatting about what we think has happened for a patient or what, you know, um, what we think is going on. So I think for us, supervision really sits very nicely alongside what what we do in our um, day-to-day practice. Have you got any stories from supervising trainees that you'd be willing to share? 
Any sort of experiences you've had that might stick out? I think kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about the supervisors who've influenced me, I, I guess I reflected on that early in my career as a supervisor, where I happened to outside of work run into a young trainee, young female trainee that I was supervising who said to me, oh, I wondered if I would run into you here. And it just made me reflect that <laughs> actually it, it reminded me of how large supervisors sometimes loom in, in the lives of these trainees that we kind of forget about when we when we, we are the supervisors ourselves and made me reflect on, particularly, I suppose, all the female, more senior doctors that I worked with when I was a junior um, doctor and, and how influential they were to me. And I've been a bit more mindful then actually about sharing, as I said, a little bit more about, a little bit more appropriately about my personal life with trainees so that people can get an idea that you're an entire human and a little bit of mystery goes away. And I think that also makes that end point seem a bit more achievable to trainees who, as I said, often are working very hard to achieve their end goal at the time. And it can seem an impossible task on some days. That would be a key part of rural medicine as well, sort of having those interactions happen a lot more than perhaps you would if you were living and practicing in a metropolitan city. That's right. I think that certainly there's a lot less um, of the ability to protect your privacy sometimes in a rural setting, but I think there are certain skills that you develop along the way so that you're sharing the amount that you're comfortable and you're seen in the community in a way that you're comfortable, but then you protect the parts of, you know, of your personal life that you're not willing to share. And certainly larger regional centres like Ballarat and Bendigo allow for that to happen. But if you're getting to the very small country towns, it probably does get more difficult. Thanks to Dr Ziffa for talking about her work and to you for listening. If you're interested in becoming a supervisor or joining the Victorian Rural Generalist Program, head to vicruralgeneralist.com.au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Links to everything are in the show notes. You can listen to more stories from Rural Generalist supervisors by subscribing on your podcast app of choice, where you find new episodes every week. This podcast has been made possible by funding from the Victorian Department of Health through the Loddon Mallee Rural Generalist Program, Murray City Country Coast GP Training and Monash University's Northwest Victorian Regional Training Hub, funded through the Commonwealth Department of Health's Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program.